Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green, from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best-kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show. It's never too early to plan for college, but you are not alone. Jeff Green and Lauren Smith have some insights to share on that process. Lauren, you all, you kind of wish you're back at school, don't I you? I do. I miss college. It's fine. <laughs> I know. So every every time we're talking something about college, or there's like a, one of my kids sends a silly video of a party. She's like, God, I wish I was back in school. I know. I'm so I know. sad it's over. I know. I, think I could get back, get away with going back. Well, maybe you can't because we're going to talk about today is college planning. Oh, maybe I can learn a little something to get me back there. <laughs> yeah, let's get a plan for you to go back to school. How about that? I think I'm going to find out it's too expensive and I don't want to do that. That's right. It will. My kid, I got two, two, I got three boys. So two, I'm getting rid of two. <laughs> so they're going to school way, way. No, Austin, they're going to go to UT. It, it always, when it comes time to pay tuitions and things like that, I always think about Wow, I should have planned better for college, right? So uh, we're gonna throw out a little, little, little few, you know, bones out there, help you plan for college. It's this is, and I'm gonna tell you, college planning is extraordinarily detailed. We can get in the weeds very, very quickly here with college planning. It goes much deeper than what we're going to go with on this podcast today, simply because we can't go that deep on a podcast. And a lot of it, you know, you need to look at your specific situation. There's not one size fits all with college planning for everyone. So you really need a hands-on approach looking at your specific situation to really get the answers. Yeah, exactly. If you need help college planning, give us a call, give an advisor call who specializes in college planning. We can go very deep into this. It takes some time to, to, to plan properly for college, but you can, can get there. So if you look at some of the just average fees and tuitions, you're looking at somewhere you know, between state colleges and universities and private colleges and universities, let's say somewhere between, according to... This is according to the College Board. Right, so the college these numbers board. are as of 2021. Right. So the College Board, $22,180 for state college and universities and $50,770 for private college. And that includes tuition and room and board, right? Correct. Yes. So there's actually... I'm a jump ahead here. There's a, there's a way to find out your actual cost. I think this is so interesting. I didn't realize that this was a thing until we, until we started really diving deep into college planning. And I just think it's such a fascinating little tool. So it's called the net price calculator. And so by loss, by federal law, colleges are required to post a net price calculator on their website for freshman applicants. And some also provide, um, this calculator for transfer students. So the easiest way to do it and figure out what the net price is for a specific school, just pull up Google and type in whatever university net price calculator. So if you're looking for University of Texas, type in University of Texas net price calculator, Harvard, Pepper. Like I, I played around with it and tested out a bunch of schools and every single one of them, it was the first Google search. And it's pretty interesting. You answer some questions about yourself. Each, each school's questions are a little bit different. But it gives you breakdown of the expected net price, room and board, tuition, even fact, some of them factored in just living expenses based on the city, the area, et cetera. We did it on the University of Texas, too, which came out, I thought, a little low. 
be quite honest with you. But then my boys are spoiled brats and fraternities and what. So they're, I mean, so they're, they're not going to factor that. That's not called, the norm. That's not the norm, I guess. And it's but it is the norm for many people. They they will actually they they want their sons and daughters who are the, the sororities and fraternities that, that they went to. So remember that cost when you're when you're doing your calculation. But it is a pretty good. I mean, they were they were pretty right on with the tuition. They were a little low, I thought, on the housing. But housing, I mean, housing in Austin, if he's not living on campus, there's a lot of different factors that go into that. Yeah. Remember, again, it's a great calculator. It will give you a good start. I think it's a little low. If you want to know real costs on University of Texas, give me a call. I'll tell you what they are to the penny. But so, so to do that, it's just Google net price calculator and then the name of the university that you're looking for. The sources of college money come from a variety of sources. You got the federal government that accounts for about 30% of college monies uh, going to help pay for, for kids in college. Private scholarships, about 12%. State governments, about 9%. Here's the real surprising one. Colleges themselves account for 49% of the funding for colleges. Now, why is that? I think colleges have become pretty competitive out there. A while back, they deregulated the pricing on college tuition. You know, it used to be controlled as to how much it would go up. This is many years ago. Uh, I'm dating myself a little bit, but it became unregulated and it became one of the highest inflationary services out there. And the tuitions would spike by triple digits a year. So it was just nuts the way it went up. But now it's become, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying that for school, for colleges, the discounts can be large. At some private institutions, the average tuition discount is about 59.5%. That's so big. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is big. The way to, to get these, there, there are typically grants and things like this that the colleges hand out, their own kind of scholarships. But you have to talk to the admissions director to get to these. And when you speak with them, they can go over all kinds. And, and by the way, it's the private schools that really offer the biggest discounts because they've got to compete with the state schools. I remember we went and talked to uh, TCU, which is a very expensive school. It's, it's all in. It's about 60000 a year. That's without any kind of, of, of financial help. But in speaking with the admissions folks there, there were all kinds of grants that were available. My kids qualified for some of these grants and it would have lowered things considerably had we chosen to go to TCU. My boys just happened to choose UT, which is great, but there are the grants are there. They're available and the schools readily make them available. And so two of the grants that fall under the federal government assistance. So one is the Pell Grant, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard of that. But so what that's the biggest source of college money that comes from the federal government and it's by far the largest award program. So the current Pell Grant is cur- is worth a maximum of 6,345 and nearly all Pell Grant recipients have household incomes of under 60,000. Right. So this one you have to have It's more of a needs-based a more needs-based grant in but there are available out there for you. And these are obviously 2021 numbers. So those can fluctuate over the years. Exactly, right. And then there's also the Federal Supplemental Education Opportunity Grant. And students must qualify for the Pell Grant to be able to get the Federal Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grant, also known as the FSEGO, EOG, sorry. And that can range from an additional hundred to $4,000. But unlike the Pell Grant, this grant can run out quickly on some campuses. So it's important to really file, make sure you're doing this all timely and on top of it to make sure you can get everything that you 
are entitled to. The other big one out there is FAFSA. So that's a, another federal aid and a little bit easier to get. I say easier. It's not, there's nothing easy about getting a FAFSA. Uh, I mean, the amount of paperwork that you have to go through hoops is crazy, but it is there. It's available. If you want to look into that, you can go to the FAFSA website. It's a free application for, for federal aid. And about 20 million people fill this out a year. So it's, I mean, it's pretty, yeah. pretty well known, well used. Yeah. So the FAFSA website is FAFSA. That's F as in Frank, A as in Apple, F as in Frank, S as in Sam, A as in Apple, dot ed, dot gov. And we'll put this in the show notes on our website. So we'll link, uh, list these out so you right. guys can access that easily. There's also a FAFSA hotline. We'll have that for you there too, but it's 800-4-8-AID. No. You're listening to that. You're, I'm, you're looking, I'm, the looking, I'm looking at him rolling my eyes. Why are we listing out phone numbers? <laughs> no know. one's driving and writing this down. Right okay. Now. Well, so never, so you go to the website when you get to the office or whatever, and we'll have these, uh, we'll have these listed for you. The first thing to really ask yourself is, will your child qualify for financial aid? So you can obtain a good idea of whether you'll qualify for financial aid by using a valuable tool that will calculate something for you. That's called your expected family contribution, sometimes referred to as the EFC. And what that is, is it's a dollar figure that represents what a financial aid formula has concluded that you should be able to pay for one year of your child's education. So it's based on factors such as your income, your assets, your marital status, the number of people in your household, et cetera. And an average American family making an adjusted gross income of 55,000 would have an EFC in the 2000 to 4,000 range. So there's no EFC ceiling for high income parents. So the way you determine if your child would be eligible for needs-based aid requires subtracting your EFC from the school's cost of attendance. So for example, if you are at an in-state public university and you with a tuition of $22,000 and your EFC is $35,000, then your demonstrated financial need is zero because the EFC is greater than the college tuition. But let's say at a private school, the tuition's 60,000, your EFC is still 35, your demonstrated financial need is 25,000. In this scenario, the student would be eligible for up to 25,000 in need-based aid from a private college because the, pri- the price of the institution is far more expensive and exceeds the family's EFC. Right. And again, there's calculators for all these things. You can find the EFC calculator at collegeboard.org. Again, we're going to have this on the website. So take a look at it. Know that these things are there. Know that they're available. We're going to have more of these resources on the website for you uh, to take a look at. What about grandparents? Because a lot of our listeners are some grandparents out there. A lot of our clients are, yep. are grandparents. And they like to contribute to... The, the grandkids' education. So what, what do we need to keep in mind when the grandparents are giving the parents some dollars? Well, so it's actually not just grandparents. I mean, you can widen that net and say grandparents, aunts, uncles, other okay. family yeah, members, good idea. or even family friends can save for college without jeopardizing a child's chances for financial aid. But here's the caveat, as long as the money stays in their accounts. So what's Stays tricky, in whose accounts now? So it's, it stays in the grandparents, aunts, uncle, family so members, their, their accounts. So what's tricky is when grandparents eventually withdraw money to use for their grandchild's college education. So parents must report this money as the child's untaxed income on the FAFSA and the CSS profile. And so the CSS profile, we didn't talk about that, but that's a whole nother thing. It's basically what schools, it's a secondary application to determine 
who qualifies for the in, their own institutional aid. So again, this can get way deep in the weeds. We're hitting the surface level of everything here. If you more need, need more detailed information, make sure you give us a call or your financial advisor a call and they can walk you through some of these things. Yeah, because the, CS, the CSS profile digs way deeper into the finances than the FAFSA does. So that's just a little side note. Parents then report the income as the child's untaxed income on the FAFSA and the CSS. And then this income can reduce aid eligibility by as much as half of the cash that is withdrawn. What about 529 plans? I mean, grandparents can, these are great vehicles. 529 plans, if you don't know what a 529 plan is, basically you can, there's there's limits on what you can contribute, but they're pretty high. States vary by, by the contribution amounts, but you can basically put in a good chunk of money if that's what you want to do and have it for the benefit of the child. That money grows tax deferred. And then as long as it's used for higher education, actually, you can use it for some secondary education too, some private schools. But you can do, as long as it's used for education, it becomes tax-free. That's a huge plus out there in the investing world, especially if, if grandma and grandpa are donating some dollars, 529 vehicles are, are a great way to go. But I'll tell you what the best way, the, here, here, I'm going to give you the best college saving tip. Do you know what that is, Lauren? I have no idea what you're going to say. It's the best one ever. What is it? Make sure your kid graduates in four years. Oh, that is a good one. That is. That is a good one. I'm going to tell you, because if you're, if you're out there, I, personally, I was on the six-year plan, okay? But I paid my own way through school. My, my boys are not paying their own way, and they have to graduate. And for, I, I, I tell you, you got four years on me. Everything else after that is on you. That's great incentive to really step up while you're there <laughs> that's and like, right. get it done. That's right. So they're on track. They're actually on track for three and a half years. That's awesome. I know. That's that's a they're, they're gonna stretch they're gonna stretch it to well, four. Well, yeah, you gotta get the you gotta milk it for all it's worth. <laughs> yeah. So I've I've said this several times, but I'll just reiterate this. It, it college planning is much more complicated than you think. And it can go very, very deep. It can get frustrating at times if you're applying for some of these grants. They take patience. They take a lot of information. They take time, but it's it's money that's out there. And every dollar that you don't spend on college is a, a dollar saved. So it, it helps. It makes sense to to look into some of these things. And I think what's important also with college, and you know, I always think I whenever we're talking on these podcasts, I always come back to the planning and just how important planning is. And colleges are expensive, and it's something that as soon as you have kids, you really need to start thinking about because it will make this whole process easier if you have a college fund that you have started growing along the way. Spoken like Green Financial Group's best financial planner. (laughs) I feel like I always find some kind of way that (laughs) all the questions end up coming back with my same answer. Start planning. Start planning. That's right. Good advice. So that's what we have for you today, Patrice. Hope you enjoyed it. I did indeed. After uh, putting three kids through college, I could have used a little bit of this information several years ago, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, but now that, you have it for your grandchild. Exactly. Oh, that's true. All the five next generation. The next generation. That's yes, right. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, thank you, Jeff Green and Lauren Smith. And get the latest Green Zone podcast. Just make sure you subscribe or follow and share. Thank you for listening to the Green Zone podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. 
Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker or dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 77057, and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.